0: Hello there! (laughs) You are listening to the quarter to three movie podcast for Kellen Lutz's The Legend of Hercules. It's not his. My name is Tom Chick, and to discuss The Legend of Hercules, I am here tonight with. Christian McCranskley.
1: Yes, I know. I was present for the naming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And with a tagline for Kellen Lutz's The Legend of Hercules, Kelly Wand.
2: Uh, Does for Greek myth what Daphne's does for Greek cuisine.
0: Ooh. Mm. Mm. I don't know what Daphne's is. Social commentary.
1: Restaurant. Let's get on Yelp.
0: Wait. Did I say it wrong? Daphne's. I, I don't. I don't know what is that. It's a. Re, it's a Greek food restaurant. Yeah, someone
2: got sick at, it at work, so I thought that would mean everyone.
0: Oh, good. Okay. A, l- a little. Little humor for the people that live uh within a several block radius of your job. Very nice, Kelly. Well,
2: actually, he died, so it's not really <laughs> oh. funny at all. <laughs> uh, so I bet,
1: they, I bet they didn't show it. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was bloodless. I mean, yes,
0: Tom. Wait to to, way to was. spoil the MPAA rating for Legend of Hercules, guys. Nice work. There had to be something left unspoiled. Well, maybe you folks listening, you haven't seen The Legend of Hercules, and you're worried that we're going to spoil some of it for you. Don't worry. Do not fret about that just yet. We're going we're to talk spoiler-free about this movie for a little bit, and we're going to warn you before we spoil anything. So, Dingus, <laughs> without spoiling anything about Legend of Hercules, why don't you tell the folks listening a little bit about it?
1: All right, well, this week we saw Kellen Lutz's The Legend of Hercules, Mm. formerly known as Hercules 3D, and Mm -hmm. also formerly known as Hercules, colon,
0: The Legend Begins. Oh, an origin story. Okay, well, that – Wait, that's something else, though, isn't it? You're thinking of Remo Williams' The Legend (laughs) of
1: Hercules. Uh, They clearly had high hopes, so Hercules, The Legend Begins is how they began this. Uh, It's a 2014 American action-adventure period 3D movie Mm -hmm. that purports to be the origin story of a mythical Greek hero. Hmm. It was directed by Rennie Harlan and written by him with Sean Hood, Daniel Giot, and Julio Steve... Wait a minute. Ju-
0: Julio St- – you mean Steve Julio?
1: Nope. His name is Julio Steve, <laughs> and Julio is
0: spelled G-I-U-L-I-O. Julio Steve. Rated R. It, it's not rated R, dingus. Don't get people's hopes up. Sorry.
1: Julio Steve is rated Julio Steve. Uh, the movie so stars
0: Kellen Lutz.
1: Mm. Hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: Kelly Wan, do you have any reaction to that?
1: What did you say? Kellen Lutz.
0: Uh, oh, I thought we'd get a little bit of a, a lustful trill out of Kelly Wand. I wasn't sure.
1: They're not real. <laughs> <laughs> They're bigger <laughs> than hers, though. And Gaia hey. White. How That's about true. you? True. And oh. then it even stars Renny Harlan. You know, Deep Blue Sea cool. Uh, the Legend of Hercules is rated PG 13. Yes. Soft. For sequences of
0: intense combat action and violence. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to call. I'll I'll maybe give them combat action. This is where they. I'll maybe give them combat action, but only if they put action in quotes. They had to
2: buy buy the rating from the
0: other extremes for once. All right, I'll try
1: that again. Intense. I'm sorry. Intense combat action and violence. And for some sensuality.
0: Um, what? I'm enraged by that. Come on, all that water dripping off of him, Kelly Wand? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and her, too.
0: When, when, you a, when you get a wet Kellen Let sunscreen, there, there's going to be something happening. He's always wet, and it's always poo water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Greek <laughs> legends are magnificent. According to Homer, by way of Herodotus.
1: (laughs) And then faculties.
0: Uh, Legend of Hercules is um, on on Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews. Uh, Out of 100, Legend of Hercules is at 24. Uh, On Rotten Tomatoes, the percentage of reviews that are positive for Legend of Hercules, 4.
3: Huh.
0: So they both have a 4, but...
2: There's a 20 point spread, which is unusual. Kellywan, let's go to the box office. <sighs> All right, now that we're okay, I guess we're we're done with the numbers. Legend of Hercules
0: opened at number 3. <laughs> there goes the four pattern blown. With uh, a 9 million dollar opening weekend. Mm. Uh 3 squared. So there you go. It was beaten by <laughs> uh beaten by Frozen, which is number 2, which oh. has been out for dog's years. That's, oh, that's so
1: awesome. Through. Frozen beat it.
0: But the, the number one movie actually this weekend set a January record. So previously the all time every the, every week there's a record. What previously the- yeah. So before the all time January opening weekend was for Cloverfield at forty million. This weekend opening with thirty eight million dollars, the second biggest January opening ever of all time, Lone Survivor.
2: Spoiler title. But wait, uh, it didn't be. So it's that's not a record breaker. It came behind Cloverfield.
0: Oh, I should say a record nudger. It nudged up against the <laughs> So if something comes close, you mention it anyway. The same amount of airtime. No, it did break a record. Did. It broke the record for second highest opening in January. not talk about who. Okay.
1: Yeah. So the there second was, highest There was no record. other movie that opened higher than second.
2: It also beat the millionth record and the million first record.
0: <laughs> in, that, in that way, I guess you could say that every movie opening breaks some record. What whatever yeah. held that previous position.
2: It's the most recent. Record.
0: Kelly, one, I like to give awards and recognition to all movies, and not just the ones in number one spot.
2: Every child's special, Tom, and every movie o-
0: is special. Yeah. In January, you gotta, you know,
2: nudge the ice cube trays. By the way,
0: how do you guys feel about us having not seen Lone Survivor this weekend instead of uh, Legend of Hercules?
2: You saw it, didn't you?
0: I did. I've seen both Legend of Hercules and Lone Survivor. Lone Survivor is a 2013 movie. Uh, it's It's wide well this so here's an interesting situation. A lot of times movies will open only in New York or LA to be eligible for 2013 for the Academy Awards for that year. So Lone Survivor had a very limited release uh, early on uh, and this weekend it opened wide. and actually some other movies we've seen opened wide this weekend as well. and by wide I mean somewhere around a, a thousand theaters which is wider well so her, And inside, Lou and Davis also had their openings this weekend and got Mm. beat by Legend of Hercules. You'll you'll both be what? Jesus! Yeah, they both did terribly. Uh,
1: You you know, I would much rather have seen her this week, but I'm so much happier that we saw a 2014 movie for our first 2014
2: podcast. uh, Just wherever the sun happens to be. Wait, or the Earth, (laughs) which (laughs) is the circumference one. The point is, we just make up these. Times a human construct.
0: Oh, wow. Well, tell that to the uh, Academy Awards, Kelly Wand, and we'll see how much, how far you get. It's
2: like CG. Wait, is that isn't that what the girl star said to the reporter It's a thing? Try <laughs> that tonight with your girlfriend. See how far that gets you. <laughs> no idea what you're referencing, but I'm sure it's clever. <laughs> uh, the guy who asked the girl from Girls why she's naked all the whole time. Okay. Kelly
0: Wand, Speaking of clever. <laughs> Maybe you could recount some of the events and spoil some of the bits and pieces in Legend of Hercules for, for the listeners who maybe don't want to see it but would like to know what happens in the course of the movie. Maybe they're curious about Greek mythology, about the legend itself. Uh, Kelly, what would you call it if you were to detail the events of the movie for our listeners?
2: Any theories? And that's not <laughs> the answer, by the way.
0: I'm guessing you would call it a Legend of Herculopsis. Yeah. Okay, well, Kelly, what, I, I feel was, like I, I get disappointed when you get it now because you're too good. You got too good at it. Okay, well, let me revise my guess and say, is it called the Legopsis of Hercules? <laughs> I would prefer Clopsis.
2: Mm. Wait, you can revise the answer after you got it right the first try? I us
0: trying to make you feel better.
2: I can just change it on my end.
0: <laughs> well, then what were you going to call it? What are you going to call what you deliver to the listeners now about Legend of Hercules? Um... Yeah,
2: Lopsis. Was that your guess?
0: <laughs> I like it. Kelly Wand, with the Lopsis, I want you to uh, – which one should No, wait. Can we go back to the other one? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I was
2: just trying to make a point.
3: Sure,
0: yeah. I think we made it. So here we go. The Legend of Herculopsis delivered by <laughs> Kelly Wand. Rock and roll. Del- delivered.
2: An army attacks a city full of dudes, but they all stop fighting because a guy rides a horse. He's all, Okay. I know we've been fighting for months, we both just lost thousands of dudes, but I had an idea. I'm the leader of the army, less the horse, so I'll 1v1 leader of your army. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) And whoever wins gets to have sex with the brudette chick. I think she's your queen, although she might be my girlfriend. (laughs) Horseman, I accept your thoughtful proposition. May the gods decide on it. Hey, why's time slow down and make that burr sound only whenever you move? Wait, you're not going to use your sword? Your combat tactics perplex. Uh! Andromedou! This is the other guy, but they have the same voice now, because he's assumed to. Behold, I have raised your king's blood-free helmet. I hold upon my blood-free sword. Phobos is mine. Hey, whatever your name is, rule us incompetently. Ah, Mildred, I have conquered your home city for you. Come. Or rather, listen to me do so. It will take but a moment. You didn't kill my family for me, silly. You did it for my gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jealous wife-goddess statue, my giggles there were only to hide my tears of sexual disappointment. Please, I implore thee, have your husband turn invisible and impregnate me. Stop! I'm an old man character! I'm the goddess Hera. I think I'm possessing a milkmaid. The gods hereby grant your wish to name your son whatever you wish, but it's Hercules. <laughs> What's going on in here? I heard the words lightning bolt uttered three times, followed by the words sleep, and then some crazed golf clapping. Your invisible man fetish vexes me, Mildred. I'm warning you, I shall do nothing, though I'm evil. Nine months later... Usurper Proboscis, you are blessed with a large, bland... I mean, blonde child. (laughs) Well, he's not invisible, so I guess he's mine. His name shall be Tetanus. (laughs) I shall always be annoyed by him. (laughs) As for my whiny other son, who's not handsome, he shall be my heir. (laughs) Oh, Hercules, having sex with you by this pond's awesome. Was that a fart there at the end? Aye, it continues still. Aw, you're handsome. What are you thinking? Nothing. I meant just in general. What is that thing called that we did with our bodies earlier? Uh, sex? We have it all the time? Hmm. Hey, why are you guys always trying to ditch me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Loki. So, hey, sure. Excited about our day? Watch <laughs> my sword. Uh... <laughs> His clumsiness is the foundation of someone else's legend. I mean, <clears throat> Loki, I have words to speak. When I skinned and gave you that lion pelt to wear to father's party, I did not realize you were going to embellish your role in the fight. Indeed, I failed to foresee that coming, avarice and treachery being so out of character for you. I would make a terrible king, or for that matter, hero. Dad! All right, you two. Thor, assure Loki that your girlfriend wants to have sex with him. I assure you, brother, that even during intercourse, my performance was unconvincing.
3: Dad! <laughs>
2: Jesus. Okay, Loki, you marry the only girl in the movie. <laughs> Here's a map to eat. Good luck.
3: <laughs>
2: Fuck, I'm not seeing those pyramids on the map here at all. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody bring a compass? Those exist yet? Or water? Starting to feel a little dry. Oh, guys in armor! bunch of stuff in a cave happens. (laughs) I'm making it sound better though. My lord, two of the enemy are still alive, so we stopped fighting. All right, which you two is Hercules? We have orders to kill him. Uh, that dead guy there. Yeah. That's him. (laughs) You sure it's not this other guy who was stopping time and super leaping around and matches our description? (laughs) No I'm not. Alright, it's good enough. Come on. You guys are condemned to fight other guys with poo cool water. It's a huge sport where we're from. Thought is I the goddess expositia. Though in classical myth you perform twelve labors, including killing Hydras, Rennie Holland was given only enough budget for none of them. <laughs> Except that rubber lion. Pretty sure he's got you mixed up with Samson and the TV Spartacus. And doesn't know what the word legend means. Also, <laughs> heed not anything the old man character says. It's a waste of time. Ugh, an unpleasant dream. Bearded sidekick character. How do we escape from the poo-water pits of Crete? <laughs> Only one exit from here, my friend. Hmm, you're pointing at the corpse of the loser of the last fight. I fear I do not... Oh, wait, I get it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wait, okay, wise guy. How do we die, then? <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to die here, my friend. Ah, the turnstile. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, a guy looks just like your mysteriously disappeared Prince Hercules. And in this corner, the six greatest fighters in Greece, none of whom have names. Yep, chick with the net. Final <laughs> six.
3: Slow <laughs> gear. <sighs> <Some air.
2: laughs> in accordance with your PG-13... <laughs> God damn it. It's hard to act. I have no appreciation for Kellen Lutz. <laughs> In accordance with your PG 13 customs, I, Thor, vow by the gods that all bleeding shall be internal. Father, our six sixth greatest Vardas just got killed. For some reason, the crowd's cheering and chanting Thor. It's like Rocky Four. If you cut out Hercules' tongue, I shall still kiss it. If you geld him, I shall still fondle... All right, I get it. Hercules, the audience is going to see us go at it the whole movie. I know I'm not a hydra, but let's at least give them... Uh, Hercules, I've stabbed myself in the heart, and Loki in the shoulder, bloodlessly. Now we shall always be together. Uh, you're going to be dead, and I'm alive. I'm not sure you get together out of that. Oh, wait, you didn't die after all. And now we have a baby. Legend <laughs> indeed. What <laughs> awesome fate surely await the children of Hercules. Uh, the end.
0: Oh Jesus. Thank you, Kelly Wand. That's what I saw or just remembered from the
2: myths. <laughs> he kills his kids. That's what that joke means. Did you know that? And he's married four times. And he was by. And he killed a Hydra. What the fuck, man?
0: God. <laughs> Kelly Wand yeah. is just an origin story. We don't get that stuff yet.
2: Yeah. Is religion. Dwayne Johnson <laughs> going to be the older Hercules this summer?
0: Well, you know who, so we do have another Hercules movie, uh, directed by, uh, well, well of course, the us, but. most important news is a Dwayne Johnson movie. Uh, it's Hercules, directed by, directed <laughs> not by not Brett. Brett uh, celebrity of 3,000 years. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, please continue.
0: Uh, directed by Brett Ratner.
2: You'll be happy to hear. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson sure does have a pickup.
0: Well, let me – oh, Dwayne Johnson. Let me, let me give you a list of some of the other actors that are alongside him. Uh, how about Peter Mullen, Rufus Sewell, Ian McShane, John Hurt, a fellow named Joe Anderson, who some of us like. Uh, seems yeah. like
2: uh, like to be bossed around by Brett Ratner.
0: Well, he just, he just puts the camera somewhere. They make all the magic happen. Right. <laughs> kind of like this movie.
2: Yeah, made it happen. I saw it in 3D, did you guys?
0: <laughs> wow, why did you do that? Okay, well, how was the 3D, Kelly Wand? Just,
2: after you? Gravity, I went, every movie's great in 3D. Mm-hmm. How'd that work out? I haven't seen 3D snow this good
0: since Great Gatsby, Tom. Quite the ringing endorsement there, Mr. Wand. Oh. Uh, we we did not see it in 3D. We saw it in 2D. I feel like it really only needs a couple of Ds. No reason No reason to go all out for the third did one. Did you say 2D when you bought the tickets? No, we,
1: we actually went out of our way to see it in 2D. Yeah. Um, and and as Literally. soon as that that first attack goes on, where the archers are actually firing their arrows at the camera, I was like, oh, thank God we're seeing this in two because the the attack is going on underneath the gates, and the archers on the on the battlements are pointing their arrows at the camera, and I realized you you have no idea what the hell you're doing, so I I don't you know no, no thank you. Since there's no blood in the movie,
2: there's only so much the arrows can do
0: to us though. Well, they stick in a lot of shields, you know. They'll do that. So let let's. Uh, I, I don't think that anyone listening is under any illusion that this movie wasn't awful. So we don't even need to weigh in. I don't think. But what I want to do is talk about why this movie was so awful, and I, I want to single out three things to talk about and assign blame ac- blame accordingly. Like whose fault was it that this thing turned out the way it was? Let's talk about the acting. Uh, the, the, <laughs> let, let's talk about the direction, and. Let's talk about what I think was a huge culprit, uh, the editing oh in my this God. thing. I was fascinated at the editing of this and the, the jarringly bad cuts. And, and Dingus and I were just just giggling like a couple of scores. This is one of the most hilarious movies I've seen in a long time, not intentionally so, of course. And mm. a, lot of, a lot of it was because of the editing, Was just because things were cut together so poorly. And I don't know if it was an instance of – the poor editor just didn't have enough good footage, you know, if, if Rennie Harland didn't shoot enough stuff or just that the actors are so bad. It's, I think it was a combination, but uh, the editing really does deserve special recognition in this movie.
2: That you noticed that means you're paying more attention than I was to the movie, that you even noticed when shots ended and began again.
0: I don't think you can help it because part of the art of editing is is understanding that, okay, you're taking the audience from this scene to this scene and if that's abrupt, or if it's jarring, or if they don't fit together, you have to be conscious of that as an editor. Sure. And I don't think there was any consciousness of that in, in this movie. Uh, that, that's actually a, a, a hallmark of a lot of bad movies, is it just makes no sense the way the scenes fit together. Um,
2: but it was all like that, and nothing fit. The performances went with the editing,
1: went with the directing. No, but it was very special. I mean, the editing in this movie is very special. I mean, yeah. the, there, there's, there are a couple moments that are just... I mean, they're deliberate, where the, the editing is really trying so hard, but it just fails. I mean, it's very special in this movie, and there's a couple of moments that I'm glad Tom brought this up. It's just astounding how bad the editing is. I don't know what to do with it. And part The of it, lion fight? No, no,
0: no. That's just horrible CG and terrible writing well here's where i'll call out the editing and i think where it's partly they're just trying to they've only got so much they can work with and you know lets himself we'll get to the acting in a minute yeah, that got that point that guy's a wonder but but where i realized <laughs> where i realized that the problem with the editing was simply a matter of they just don't have the resources to put together anything meaningful is right. the the river rescue yeah. where she goes in the water and she's drowning and he jumps in after her and the archers are chasing him and they finally surround him. And at some point during that sequence, they went from shooting at a really big river to shooting at a creek that comes up about to your calf. like they're just, and, and it's maybe about 10 feet wide. <laughs> and that, there's no way you can edit around that, that, that this is where the scene ends up after he's rescued her. They're basically in the equivalent of a kiddie pool. Uh, and I, I, at that point, it, it was just hilarious. I, I was enjoying the heck out of it. But at that point, there's no editor in the world who could have saved it. Um, Maybe that was from his point of view. And since he's Hercules, <laughs> every river is going to
1: him. <laughs> no, it was, so, It's ever. such a great uh, shallow water rescue. I mean, and we're, you know, I'm not going to blame the editor um, necessarily. He has to deal with the footage he has. But but it, it was that moment where everybody's standing around this little creek, and they're like, why don't you guys just stand up? Okay, we will.
0: And there were plenty of points, though, just where one scene would just – would just segue into another scene just so abruptly without any sort of transition or appropriateness, and part of that, a lot of that was the, the performances, what, you, how, how much you could do with <laughs> what the actors were giving you. Uh, but I just that Dingus's use of the word "special" is really appropriate for the editors. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: but, you know, how, would you would you call out the um, the car driving background special effects of horse horse riding? As editing or what would you where would you put that special effects
0: yeah that was kind of like a. I think that i think thing is that was bad green screening but it did look like that rear projection gimmick in the olden days where you'd have someone drive a car against a, a backdrop where they're they're, they're Projecting uh, scenery which they could have done I would have liked that in this movie it was there it it looked like the,
1: the gag mm. from airplane it was there was a couple of moments where she, where Gaia is writing where he's writing where it seriously looked like a moment from airplane yeah. where it's that the rear projection thing and I don't know what do you what is that is that green screen is that editing is that is that no, think- is that Vincent I think the editor's named Vincent Tabilon. I don't know how to say his name. Is that him doing his best to put something in there that works? I mean, no, I, I seriously
0: do? doubt. I seriously doubt they were doing actual rear projection stuff. I I, I suspect it was just bad CG. Like, just, right. uh, uh, I wish I'd seen it with you guys now because you guys seemed like you had fun watching.
2: Oh, it was, and it was, I was sitting there going,
1: Ugh. I I left there. I I was exhausted from. Me left. too.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, and and I hope those other two guys in the theater with the stingers did not enjoy like like we weren't being disruptive to them but there were times we we just could not shut up uh and not talking just just laughing what were they doing i couldn't tell when when we left i wanted to to sort of look at them and gauge if they and they i i think yeah i I,
2: were. it was that was a screening of from the crew and they're the only two (laughs) i
1: I think they didn't know we existed i think we were just in our own little world Okay, okay
0: good um, well, okay, so, of course, another facet of editing, how you're going to put your movie together. So, Dingus, tell us a little bit about who Kellen Lutz is, what, where, <laughs> where he comes from, what, what, how did we end up with this guy? Who is he? What's his real name?
1: Do you ask me what Kellen Lutz's real name is?
0: Yeah. That's not what? his real name?
1: Well, first of all, he is I guess going my name be... pretty similar. <laughs> Shouldn't be hey, talking shit. Are you, are you Kellen Lutz? <laughs> I can't
2: afford that many steroids. <laughs> JK. I totally can. But I can't swim like that unless there's a lot of poo in the water. Fives. What was the question? Kellen Letts, where he came from.
3: Uh, he's,
2: he's in Expendables
1: yeah. 3, and that's – I don't know. I think, <laughs> oh. I think he was in Twilight. Oh. Twilight movie. That's about all that. Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Hold on. Which one?
0: Well, his claim to fame is that he apparently uh, – he was like a model or something, and he he was in one of the Twilight movies. Um,
1: he and, was also Poseidon in Immortals. Immortals <laughs> uh, I kind of miss now. Wait, he was a, who was in Immortals? One
0: Poseidon. of the gods. yeah. Cool. All right, I doubt cool. they gave him any lines, though. At least it was R-rated. Though. is that tarsum uh, That was Tarsum and this movie definitely made me appreciate some of those. Yeah. Even, even Clash of the Titans, Wrath of the Titans, all that stuff, compared to this uh, – you know, I guess it's the difference between a movie with a budget and a movie without a budget. This
2: is supposed um, to be about a Greek god, dude. The Hercules shit's so fucking great. He does all kinds of gossip. Well, I have no sense of what the hell Hercules No, they don't. All. They totally so, don't. <laughs> it was, it's he's, an he's easy like, sell.
1: It's he's gladiator a... crossed with, uh, <sighs> I don't know. What?
0: There's a little bit of Ridley Scott's Robin Hood in here.
3: Oh yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> Kellywon, how did you feel? Uh, uh about, oh. what did you feel about Kellen Lutz's portrayal of Hercules?
2: Mm, he sucked. <laughs> but I'm trying to think who I would have liked to
1: have seen in a Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. I would only wanted to have seen Kellen Lutz because watching Channing him. Channing Tatum. Yeah, no, Channing Tatum would have brought far too much to this. I mean, uh, that's a good point. That's one of the joys of watching this. I'm I'm sorry to have to say this, but I, I can't repair this movie. So. Watching Kellen let's react to these little
0: moments, <laughs> watching him react to the things people say. I mean, that's just that's gold. It really is. It's it's Hercules as a as a kind of a, a dumb frat boy uh, kind of yeah. acting. And there are times where I really and it, it like Dingus is saying, really watching this guy trying to react and trying to listen. It's 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 endearing in a way, but he's so awful and it's entertaining. Um, there are times since he thinks th- he's not awful too. Uh, well, who knows, but there are times that I'm watching that it looks like he he doesn't know if it's, lo- if it's his line yet, so he's, he's waiting to be sure that no one else is going to talk before he says anything, and that's such this endearing quality. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and there are even, there are even some lines. <laughs> he, looks like, oh, like my
1: Christian he looks like my dog when I'm telling her to sit.
0: <laughs> and some of the lines sound like they're being sounded out phonetically, like he doesn't know what they mean. But he's been told how to pronounce them. And certainly the woman playing Hebe, it's the same way. The scenes between those two are just sheer gold (laughs) for for how nobody is listening or understands each other. Uh, Hephaestus. Sidon. And and I think where we laughed hardest, Dingus, must have been that scene where he's – uh, Hebe has come to the pond. She thinks he's dead, and she's come to the pond where he's swimming, and there's this long shot of him slowly swimming towards her, and it's supposed to be this meaningful reunion, but he just looks like he's enjoying being in the water and he doesn't really yeah. want to get out, so he's just going to slowly swim over to her. It's like when you tell a kid, okay, get out of the pool, and they're will <laughs> slow and they just going to take their time getting over to the edge because they want to be in the water as long as they can, but just him swimming, it's almost like he's dog paddling or something to just get out of the water <laughs> Was so adorable. Uh, well, she thinks it's a dream, so. It's from her perspective, I say Highly stylized.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to do what you did with Piranha, where you made it seem brilliant.
0: Uh, okay, work that, Kelly Wand. I like that.
2: Okay. I haven't done it yet.
0: Well, Kelly Wand, how then can you explain um, the supporting cast in, in this, uh, this movie? Like, uh, like single I someone out. Liked... Yeah, go ahead.
2: I liked the mom, kind of, although it's. She seemed to change from the first scene to the to where she's crying.
0: It's always a little surprising when you see a, a character playing a mother who's the same age as her children.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Alexander, where Val Kilmer is Colin <laughs> Farrell's dad. I guess that one kind of works actually. But um, what was the question? Hercules. <laughs>
1: That's also it's also hard great for me this. to think about this movie. For a long. <laughs> Nobody oh, in this movie can it's... say anybody else's names in a convincing way. And usually you have some character, some actor that anchors it, some old actor uh, right. that can speak, <laughs> that can say things like Ithacles and Chiron or whatever name uh, in some sort of convincing way. And there's nobody... <laughs> this movie who can say this?
3: anything. I mean there's there's
1: one little moment where Scott Adkins, uh who's uh King Jesus, Amphiron uh reminds me of Anthony Hopkins in Thor. But other than that there's
0: nobody nobody Wait, Do you mean Dingus the King or the evil brother? No, no, no. I mean, I mean the king. Okay, because the evil brother looked to me like a young Anthony Hopkins. Like just, just physically, he was terrible. But there were times I was looking at him, just bored, thinking, "Oh, he kind of looks like a young Anthony Hopkins." Uh, but what was the time with the the dad king you were talking about? Uh, it's, it's the, when the dad king says, "Have you come? To, <laughs> have you <laughs> have you come to bring the wrath of Zeus upon me, boy?" Oh, right. Uh. <laughs> It's like it was the beginning, the opening bars of a song, and it was going to segue into a musical. <laughs> but it reminded
1: me of, of the way you reminded me
0: of the way Anthony Hawkins said,
1: as many as are needed. Right. <laughs> uh, oh,
0: yeah. I think one of the – that role, Dingus, so of the, the older actor who's supposed to anchor it, was supposed to be there's – a, there's a Yugoslavian actor named – I'm going to butcher his name uh, – Rade Serbedzija whatever, uh, who played Chiron, who I've seen in a million things. He was the evil villain in Taken 2 recently. Uh, the guy's been around for a while. and uh, You know, his death is supposed to be affecting to Hercules. He's supposed to be like Hercules' mentor. Um, and I think that guy was supposed to be like the, the actual talented actor in the movie. The one we saw? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what they were <laughs> hoping for, is that he would sort of be a, you know, that would be the Anthony Hopkins part. Every story it could apply to any movie. It's not even
2: Hercules. It's like his friends' things. Yeah, I have a wife and kid, and then he like
0: almost breaks down.
1: He was in Taken Two. Is that what you said? Well, the guy who plays I the- think
0: the editor did Taken Two. That doesn't really matter, most. Yeah. Um, but he's the only one I recognized. I didn't recognize anyone else in, in this.
1: There's thing. nobody. There's nobody who anchors it. There's nobody in the movie.
0: Nobody's in this movie. Well, let's then talk about the director because Rennie Harlan, What? What's going on that Rennie Harlan is doing this kind of thing?
2: <laughs> mm. He's a one-hit wonder. I think Deep Blue Sea was the one good – I don't like Cliffhanger as much as some people do. Well, the first uh,
1: scene is awesome, and of course, Die Hard 2 is a great
0: movie. But Rennie Harlan yeah. at least should know – Like, it, it seems like the guy has had enough experience and he's dealt with enough big budgets that surely he knows how awful this thing is. Uh, Surely, couldn't he have done something better to salvage it when they're shooting? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And this actually isn't that unusual because his his last movie was a, a found footage horror movie called Devil's Pass. <laughs> Wait, what? I didn't, I've never heard of this. What Devil's Pass? From? Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of directors, I guess, are – Wanting to get on the found footage horror movie bandwagon because you make those things for like one, two million, and then ideally they make 40 million. Right. Uh, so Rennie Harlan did one called Devil's Pass, even, um, um. Did you see uh, it? Diner. Who's the diner guy? Uh, uh, Barry, Barry Levinson. Levinson. Oh yeah, yeah, Barry Levinson even has one. Called, I see more as the toys guy. Called one. called the Bay. Barry Levinson's is also terrible. But so uh, apparently Rennie Harlan, he's he's doing. There's an incident back in the I think the 50s where these hikers went missing in the Ural Mountains uh, in Soviet Russia, and you know the Russia trying to get the Russians to investigate something back then. The Soviets. That was never going to happen. So years later, it came out that there were some mysterious circumstances, and these these hikers were found. They had they had fled from their tents, ill prepared. Like some of them were actually naked, and they froze to death out in the snow. Uh, some of their bodies were were mangled. So there's all this stuff about you know was it UFOs or was it a yeti or or was it was it some military experiment? Um, and you can actually it's been pretty well debunked. What what probably happened is that they freaked out and thought there was going to be an avalanche and ran out into the know to escape it and and died out there because they were in the middle of the night. They didn't know where their camp was, uh, so too bad. Um, But anyway, so this this (laughs) (laughs) – And if you're a relative of those poor (laughs) – Well, this incident has become known as – I think it's the Dyatlov Pass incident, and it's something that you hear about on like the Art Bell show. So Rennie Harlan has this found footage movie about people going to the Dyatlov Pass in the Ural Mountains. And it's really cheap to shoot around there, I guess. Uh, so he goes out to Russia. He shoots there, and it's uh, it's terrible. It's horrible. Um, Wait, what happens? Is it uh, it's eats? no, it's it is Russian. It's it's a Russian. It's like a Russian version of the Philadelphia Experiment. Like they're doing this weird time travel experiment, and it mangles the subjects. Um, it's basically the insidious Russian leadership tampering with the supernatural. It uh, could be good. It's not. It's it's terrible. Um, okay. well,
1: what I'm curious about is, I, I, don't, I mean, he's made a bunch of movies that look like movies. This doesn't look like a movie. Right. <laughs> this, this looks like something shoppers, you'd see right. on TNT. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what I wonder is not necessarily, I mean, I'm sure he did what he could with the money he had, I guess. Um, but what I'm wondering is when they get the dailies or when they get the first cut in and everybody's like sitting there like rubbing their hands here, okay, here's the first cut, mm-hmm. and it looks like like – an episode of Spartacus. I mean, what do they do? I mean, what are they thinking that they're? I, I guess they say, "Well, it's a January release," but is that what they were expecting? Is that what they're hoping? I mean, I just don't know how you wind up with a movie like this with with guys riding on horses that look like they're in a car and it, constant jumping and horrible fights. I mean, what are you what are you thinking?
0: There's got to be an element of just obliviousness of just not being self-aware enough to know that it's terrible and and self-deception in a way. I remember the first – actually, the only movie I ever worked on was a really crappy, low-budget Western. It had Rob Lowe in it and pretty much nothing else. And I remember when we were making it thinking, oh, this is going to be terrible. But the, listening to the people talk about it, including like one of the producers who's gone on to do a lot of big movies. A, a fellow named Cassian Elways produced it, and, and he's Carrie Elways' brother, and he's produced a lot of good movies. But I remember sitting there at the little craft services table for this, this crappy little Western shot in Arkansas and listening to Cassian Elways reassure people, I think we're going to get into Sundance and get some awards. Like, really, you know, I, I think you you believe that when you when you are making a movie or maybe you force yourself to believe it. Um, so that's got to have been what was going on here, I, I guess.
1: Uh, I, I guess so. And I can I can see that as far as like trying to get footage together. But when you see Kellen Lutz coming out and doing the stuff that he must have been doing every day. Oh,
0: yeah. Good point. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, First of all, how do you?
1: How do you get by with a name like Kellen Lutz? I feel so bad with him.
0: I actually like his name. That's about the only thing I can say. is I think that's a pretty cool name. Taylor Kitsch, Kellen Lutz, Art <laughs> Fargo. It's like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool name. Uh, it's ironically cool. Lutz was the name of the family
2: that gets killed in Amityville.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. George and Bert Young. What? So that's well
2: in the sequel to the movie. You're talking about
0: RL, huh? Uh, George Letson, what's his yeah? But the, uh, I use
2: first names, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Unsurprising. Remember the Amityville 3D movie?
0: Mm, is that the one with Philip Baker Hall as the priest with Ryan Reynolds?
2: Philip Seymour Hoffman?
0: No. Yes. Uh, in that case, I'm going to say no. I don't remember it. <laughs> uh, Kellywan let's touch on something that I know is, is near and dear to your heart. Uh, I see a movie like this, and I, if I'm going to watch an awful movie, and I'm okay with that for the most part, I would like that awful movie to have uh, sex and violence. at the very – least.
2: Re- would like.
0: Exactly. I'd like some nudity. I'd like some, some graphic fights. Exactly. So uh, Kelly Wand, do you think that would have helped this movie?
2: Mm. Venus de Milo taught me that girls' arms are overrated.
3: One two three, not only you and me, got one eighty degrees, and I'm caught in between. Counting one two three, beat upon Mary Poppins, and now we're three
2: to three. Everybody loves. We don't watch trailers, but I like um, how you set me up. I-, I got it, I got it. The chamber. <laughs> Come on, one, so bring it home. It the
0: <laughs> there was a trailer for uh Rise of Rise of an Empire, which is a sequel to 300, Uh and before it started. I was I was I was excited to see it's rated R and the little block for the MPA uh, a advisory next to the rating. It was like six lines. I don't know what they were. I didn't read them because they're spoilers. But there was a lot of stuff in there to make it rated R. So that makes me excited for that one.
2: By comparison, or just in general. Wait, it's you're going by the
3: lines.
0: But Dingus
2: read what the lines were for this, and it was all it was all lies. They pumped it up.
0: They inflated it. They said they promised us sensuality. So those are, those are the reasons that it's those are the reasons it PG thirteen though. If you have an R rated movie and there's all that stuff, it's not going to be stuff like uh, mild language, intense scenes of peril, smoking. Okay, it's going to be stuff like mild language. Go on. We have
1: sensuality. There's her reacting to Zeus, who sounds like a bear. That's pretty sensual. Are you? Wait, can I say Kelly?
0: Did you say you equate Barry Levinson with toys? Yeah. It's Diner. Stop that. No, toys is his, is his, is his greatest work, thing Oh, Jesus. At least Rain Man. Don't give him toys. Barry Levinson.
1: Diner. Done. Stop uh, it with toys. Why would you do that? What do you
2: mean? That was that's, his free ride movie. That's totally rude. I equate it Barry is.
1: Levinson with
0: toys. I'm so annoyed with you. Diner. <laughs> Well, I equate him with The Bay. What do you think of that? I don't even know what that means. Well, maybe you should see The Bay, his latest movie. Wait, you're going back in time farther than me. He only produced – did he direct that? Yeah, he directed a found footage horror movie called The Bay. Uh, all right. What's the premise? That a bunch of pollution is turning people into mutants. Wait, that sounds good too. It's Fuck not. It. It's not. I know. I know, but it's not. It's, it's horrible. Um, horrible. All right. Let's do a three-by-three. Speaking of uh, inaccurate MPAA ratings, let's do a three-by-three three <laughs> of, of lies in movies. Uh, I took off the table a fantastic scene from The Assassination of Jesse James where Sam Rockwell has to lie about why he's up on a roof. Um, and it's a great moment for his delivery of the lie, for the way the lie is received. Um, it sets up uh, relationships later on in the movie that come to a head at the, in the movie's finale. Uh, so that's a great lie. It's an example, I think, of, of one that we would pick, and I took it off the table because we would pick it. So I want to know <laughs> other lies, great lies from movies, that, that you guys have in store for us. Dingus, you're introducing next week's 3 by 3 so why don't you start us off with your uh, number three pick for a favorite lie in a movie? All right, I've got a little bit of dialogue for it, so mm, good. bear with me. Is is the actual lie part of the dialogue? Because that's what I've brought tonight.
1: Yeah, all, all, of, all of my... Uh, I've got Three bits of dialogue—it's all lies.
0: Do you need so, Kelly Wand to, to do one of the parts for you, or will you be doing all the roles? I, I believe I'll do the roles. Okay, because Kelly hey. Wand—yeah, you've heard his synopses. You know he can handle—he he can handle it.
2: Uh, except for those speaking parts. <laughs> That's my weak link. <laughs> and I'm always there for you, dingus. I'll always back your play. Yeah, I agree. But I'm not this time, Wand. Whatever. One, eight. Okay, I'm going to listen thoughtfully.
1: <laughs> All right, so, uh, so here's the bit of dialogue from my number three choice of favorite lines. Uh, have you ever been to Denmark? I've been, yes, to the Vatican. The Vatican is in Rome. W- well, they, they were doing so well in Rome that they opened one in Denmark.
0: Oh, God, this sounds like some Woody Allen thing that Dingus loves. Uh, I'm going to guess Bananas.
1: It is indeed Bananas. Um, and this is – so uh, Nancy Nancy is the girl who's asking uh, – Are you
0: serious, Dingus?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, Nancy is uh, asking Fielding Mellish if he's ever been to Denmark. She's a, oh. so, she's a social activist. Oh and, I,
2: wait, what movie? <laughs> the one you said is a joke, Tom? I totally said it as a joke. <laughs> Because Dingus Dingus acted like you, like that wasn't it. That's how he,
1: he's like, yeah.
0: I'm still not convinced. I think he's, he's pulling our leg. Dingus says you'd pick really bananas, the Woody Allen movie.
1: Yeah, I went with lies that are, that are more along the line of that sort of, that, that off the cuff lie that you took off the table from the beginning of the, there's a, there's a, there's a cat on the roof. No, it's a kite and i like that sort of i i'm just saying a lie i don't even know why i'm saying this lie but i'm just going to say it i'm blurting this lie out it's not these aren't major like long term con lies or or right. or, 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 a, or a big plot lie that that changes the entire plot because there's plenty of those in movies. But I, I, I'm more more or less choo- choosing little lies that people do to make other people feel better or to get something that they want in that moment, and they don't even know why they're saying it. So so Nancy is this is the social activist who is canvassing um, to get signatures against the tyrannical regime in San Marcos. I mean, you guys you guys know bananas, um, and Fielding Mellish played by Woody Allen is this, this dweeb who cannot believe that this hot girl has wound up in his apartment. Um, and she's, you know, canvassing for sig- signatures and he winds up getting to, to meet her. And, and she just in small talk asks him, have you ever been to the Vatican? And he says, sure. I've been to the Vatican. Um, but you know, Oh no! She, I'm sorry. She asks him if he's ever been to Denmark, and he says, "Yeah, yeah, I, I've I've been to the Vatican." Uh, he's just lying about having been to Denmark, just because he has a hot girl in his apartment, and and he'll agree with basically anything she says. And and that little lie, that stupid little lie, which is a dumb little gag, is my third favorite lie.
0: So Kelly, Wand, you know how I knew it was a Woody Allen movie? I just guess bananas randomly. is you can tell, when Dingus is doing his Woody Allen sort of stuttery speech thing. So that's what I keyed off of there.
2: See, that to me is camouflage. So I would have gone, I always just, he's got movies mixed up with life.
1: I I also used it for my three favorite, camouflage.
0: (laughs) Kelly-Juan, is your number three favorite lie in a movie? And maybe Uh, you have a theme for your list as well.
2: Mine are lies of deception. Mm, Good. Not lies of omission. Well, one of them is. Lies of deception.
0: What about lies of prevarication? Do you have those as well?
2: That's where you talk a lot. <laughs> lies of obfuscation. Do you have any?
0: Tell you one, you, yeah, are there any lies of mendacity in yours? There's one of
2: falsehood.
0: <laughs> well, give us your number three. Alright, I'll do a line from it.
2: Uh, all right, let's shoot these guys. Alright, we're cops. Hang on. Bang.
0: Things to do in Denver when you're dead. No. Oh. The untouchables.
2: President <sighs> Podcast. Listen. Re- Resident Evil three. It's also the theme song of the Cops T V series.
3: Oh uh,
2: Oh. Dingus what's, wins. What's the Bad Boys One or Two? The first one, they didn't lie in the second one. What's that would the, have been repetitive. And what's the Bad actual Bad Boys lie? Two Truth. <laughs> and the first one, uh Tia Leone's a murder witness, so she's all I can only talk to Will Smith for some reason. Um but Martin Lawrence is near the phone for another reason I can't remember. So he has to pretend he's Will Smith's bachelor character, and Will Smith has to pretend he's married to Mart Lawrence's wife for the rest of the movie, so that T E Leoni will cooperate with them. Although she had done it pretty well, and they still keep up the lie even after they don't even need her really anymore. But uh, it's still kind of cool to see that you can lie. To your friends and to your lady,
0: but you can't lie to your friends, lady.
3: Right?
0: <laughs> Man, you guys, okay. Well, these are great. I picked all lies that are meaningful to the plot, that are an integral part of what's going on throughout the course of the movie. Uh, so mine's a little different than you guys's. <laughs> <laughs> here's my, and here's I don't the actual lie. Be, yeah, no, it's fine. Here's the actual lie for the the line of dialogue I'm giving you is the actual lie. So here's my number three. Uh, listen, baby, I'm dying. Yeah, I'm sick as a dog. I'll be dead in six weeks. I'm dying. Oh, Tom. What? I'm not dying, really, Dingus. I was doing a line of dialogue. He has the cancer. (laughs) So uh, it's Royal Tenenbaums, and it's the sequence where – so the structure of Royal Tenenbaums is that all the kids need to come home first, and then the final piece of the Wes Anderson puzzle, if you will, the tableau, is Gene Hackman as the – head of the family, the, the father for the family, uh, then coming home himself. And he insinuates himself back in home by lying about having cancer. Uh, and I love that scene with. Um, oh, that's,
1: a, that's an awesome oh, scene. Jesus. You're right.
0: Not not Olivia oh, Olivia Houston I was say. Angelica Angelica,
1: Angelica. <laughs> Olivia, yeah, Olivia that, that, the, the scene where he delivers the lie is awesome yeah,
0: yeah. and and the scene in the way Wes Anderson just lets it be a two shot and she walks out of the frame and comes back and I remembered of course when she hits him really hard uh, like that's a that's a famous <laughs> slap but what I didn't remember rewatching it it's not a slap she karate chops chops the Daylights out of his neck. It's just like a straight edge of her hand right to his neck, and it pushes him over, and they even turn down the sound a little bit, and you can see on the, on the Criterion Collection DVD, there's an outtake where you can hear his dialogue better, but it totally knocks him out of character, and he reels backwards, and he goes, God damn (laughs) and then he steps back into character but it completely fits um but i love her in that scene too and how she just starts breaking down and crying and he freaks out and didn't realize it was going to work so well so he backs off from it and that's when he gets hit and then he has to go back into it um wait that doesn't
2: affect the story because he he fesses up right away no No, he he puts on yeah Throughout the
1: movie. He brings he's, him into the household.
0: Yep. And throughout the movie, he's having to feign. There's a great bit where he's ordering cheeseburgers. And, and one of them says, Are you sure you can eat that with stomach cancer? <laughs> yeah.
1: D- Danny Glover totally calls him out. He's like, I have a friend who you can't right, eat.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Well, doesn't Danny Glover's. Didn't his wife die of cancer? Like, isn't that even the whole reason that Danny yeah. Glover knows about it? Yeah. 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 Uh, so, what, Ke- Kelly Wan, what do you have to say about that? Which one's gone fishing?
2: That's with Joe Pesci and Danny Glover?
0: <laughs> There's a
1: sequel to this.
2: Because that's
0: a lie, too, I suspect, from the post. Well, save it for the runners-up. Dingus, what is your number two favorite lie in a movie? Maybe you could right. it to us in the form of some dialogue.
1: Here's some dialogue. I can't fly. What? You heard me. I can't fly. You're going to have to do better than that. I don't have to do better than that because that's the truth. I can't fly. I suffer from aviophobia. What does that mean? It means I can't fly. But also suffer from acrophobia and claustrophobia.
2: Superman. It's Dumbo. Quest for Peace. It's Dumbo. Dumbo wasn't afraid to fly. He was afraid not to fly.
3: Hmm.
2: Oh wait, uh, the one about drunken Denzel Washington uh, doing donuts with a plane.
3: <laughs>
2: first of all, first of all, that's not. There's no which I believe was the title.
0: There's no maneuver called a donut you do in an airplane. That's what you do in a car on someone's front lawn. Name, name, joystick. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, That's your second nerd of the night. Nerd singer. Chick. Fuck you, chick. Uh, Hey, it's Z-Bone. What was that movie with Denzel called where he can fly?
2: Drunkenness. Amazing. Flight.
0: Flight through the... Flight Flightings. It right of really... been. Plane. It might have really been called flight. That's, it, was just called,
1: it was just called flight.
0: That's all, man. Zemeckis has really run out of titles. It's a single entendre
2: as far as I can tell.
0: No kidding. <laughs> He's not fleeing anything. Oh, you know what? It is a double entendre. He's totally fleeing something. What do you mean? it well, makes sense. No, it's He's about fleeing himself. Yeah, basically. Yeah. See the movie, you'll see. And he doesn't that's, do he doesn't do donuts. He flies it upside down. Kelly wants. That's different. That's a wheelie, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's in a parking
1: lot with his plane.
0: <laughs> All right, so Dingus... The is like a donut. It sounds like Dingus is it, is it Red Tails.
1: It is not Red Tails.
0: Who saw
2: that shit? And by that I mean Flight.
0: <laughs> Wait.
1: <laughs> There's a similarity here. Are they related to each other? Dingus, height, shrilly. Uh, well, we, we, All right, I will save you by making myself look horrible. This is from the movie Midnight Run.
0: <sighs> there you go. Oh, the one where the guy is smuggling hash out of turkey.
1: Uh, not so much. This isn't an express. This is just a run.
0: Actually, I could have figured that out if if I thought about it for a second. Right? It's Probably the one. same
2: time zone.
0: Well, it's, it's the lie that he's using to get Robert De Niro to drive cross-country with him. Otherwise, What's it would be a much guy? shorter movie.
1: Well, first first of all, they go on a train because uh, what, what what's great uh, about this midnight. it's not just a lie, I mean
2: another midnight tray, but before midnight
1: mm. uh, the the reason I love this particular lie is, is because of the layers in the movie, and you'll have to just deal with me so deal with it um, uh, it's how Jonathan Mardukas sells the lie because as they're taxing in the runway uh. Charles Grodin does this whole like freak out thing. Um, the character totally sells the his aviophobia thing. So they, they so the pilot forces them, and they both get kicked off the plane. and They have to take the train, and and so he's he's done this whole thing of like I can't fly, so you you'll have to take me by train. But fast forward to later in the movie when <laughs> when he he they. They hitch a ride to this sad little Indian reservation, and he steals a prop plane because he can – it turns out he's a pilot. So his I can't fly thing isn't just a lie about not being able to fly. He can actually fly planes, <laughs> and Robert De Niro has to stop him from flying this plane. He's like, you're lying to me. and and But between this, there's been another lie where De Niro has lied to him about letting him go after he was rescued from the river. So the payoff is after both of these scenes, there's this wonderful little scene in the tr- in this little sad pickup truck after De Niro stops him from trying to fly this prop plane away where they have this you lied to me first scene. And when Tom talked about lies, I mean, I can't help but think of the you lied to me first scene where where Groden's character is saying, you lied to me first, and and Denier's like, no, no, you lied to me first about not being able to fly, and, and, and Grodin's saying, no, you, well, as far as you knew, you lied to me first, so therefore you actually lied to me first, because as far as you knew, you were lying to me first, because you didn't know I was lying to you when you lied to me, and that you lied to me first scene, I, I just love that, so my, my second favorite lie is the, the aviophobia lie from uh, Midnight Run
0: so dingus you've already violated your own um you've lied about your theme because i thought all <laughs> yours were going to be little throwaway lies and instead that's one integral to the movie and the two men's relationships so it's haha, you're not just doing cute little throwaway moments way to blow it that's true it's also I, I, I did actually too. i actually if you were catching that i did actually lie about it. <laughs> there you go yep what do you think of that Kelly one, what's your number two favorite lie in a movie
2: in my number two movie, Zapped, Scott Baio uses telekinesis to catch pop flies at baseball by levitating. Um, Still waiting although, for the lie? Go on. Yeah,
1: let's keep it up. What's what's the lie? Yeah. Well,
2: he doesn't tell the crowd watching him that he t- is telekinetic, so it's a lie by omission because I guess they think he can fly. So.
0: Huh, Okay. Interesting. I'll take that.
2: Also, Scatman Cruthers lies to his wife that he's
1: not eating salami.
0: I'm sorry, Kellyanne. We can only accept one lie per movie.
1: So is Clark Kent lying if he like catches something that falls off a table before it breaks?
0: Yeah, unless no one's there to hear it. All right. Uh, my number two lie. Uh, <laughs>
3: hmm.
0: Which one? I. I I'm What are really you coming about? You well, I don't know which one's number two and which one's why. okay. Well, here's the. I'm changing the order. This was going to be my number. More math. I'm going to change it to my number one. My number two – here you go. Here's the lie. The lie is don't believe his lies.
1: Oh, come on. Which? which, Okay, which lie then?
0: What are you talking about? Which lie? Don't believe his lies. That's the lie. That's not a lie. Yes, it is. It's (laughs) a (laughs) command. He's telling the truth. Wait! Don't Wait a minute, really do Can, I, can I, Do I need to no, explain no, the movie ahead. to you? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, please do
1: explain the movie to me. I well, love here's that.
0: here's an example, and we've talked about this before. And I I can come across like a real a hole on this, but I I I I think there's a, a huge difference between subtlety and ambiguity, and a lot of people who. Call a movie ambiguous? I think they're flat out wrong. That it, instead it's the movie being subtle, and there's that you can objectively figure out the filmmaker has told you what's going on. Um, the, the, the example is, for instance, Blade Runner. Uh, I don't think in Blade Runner there's any ambiguity. I think there is subtlety. Uh, Inception, on the other hand, that's ambiguity. Um, Nobody really, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan doesn't really answer what's going on in the movie. So a movie that I don't think has any subtlety, that has any ambiguity, instead it's subtlety. I think if you watch Memento, you can puzzle out exactly what's going on, what's the truth, what's the objective reality, what isn't. Um, And I I think that the point of the movie, the movie ends with him writing on a Polaroid, don't believe his lies, even though he's just been told the truth by this character. Um, So is is that what, like, were you going to? Is that what you know I was talking about, Dingus? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, so it, it, uh, the actual longer quote is uh, – well, that doesn't matter. Um, so I think the whole point of Memento, what you find out, is this character who doesn't have this short-term memory. He, he has reality reinvented for him, and he, he is party to this over and over again with uh, Joey Pantaleone's character. Uh, he decides to get himself out of that cycle by creating a lie. That that Joey Pants that uh, Teddy G uh, is or Teddy is lying to him, and he writes that on the Polaroid, and it, then we go backwards and we see how it unravels everything by him later killing or earlier because the movie's backwards, uh, killing Joey, uh, Joey Pants.
1: you know, I, I actually like that one because because all I was thinking about was the uh, the the tattoo of that. So that's good.
0: Like well, that. the tattoo actually, and I just I I haven't seen Memento in a while, but uh, the tattoo he gets is, and this is part of the lie, is the the driver's license for the car that he knows uh, Teddy is driving. So right. that's the tattoo he gets at the end of the movie, which will then set in motion his decision to 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 murder uh, uh, Joey Pants. Right.
1: On. So the, uh, so that's good as a specific lie. I was just thinking of. I thought you were just blanketing lies from Memento.
0: So, no, okay. no, no, and and even there's a there's a great moment. And we'll, i it was kind of an eye opener rewatching this there's a moment at the end where uh when when teddy 's explaining to him the truth of what they 've been doing ever since you know what what the real background was with his, was with his wife, the fact that they 've already killed the person who attacked his wife uh he uh, Joey Pence has this great line, uh, so you lie to yourself to be happy there 's nothing wrong with that. we all do it you know that that right there is kind of the, the point of the movie, and that I think is what what shocks him out of uh allowing this cycle to be perpetrated again and deciding, well, you know what? I'm going to end this, and, and I'm going to kill you to do it. Uh, all
3: right.
0: mm. Okay. Nope. What, Kelly? Wind. Objections? Rebuttals?
2: Uh, makes sense, I think.
0: Okay. But I do feel help. Memento, and I've said this for Memento I think is airtight. I, th- I think every, there's nothing unresolved in Memento. It, it can take a few watchings, and it's certainly rewarding for that. But I think the, the, the truth of Memento is absolutely in there. It is not at all an ambiguous movie.
2: What about I, Batman I, I, dying in Dark Knight Rises?
0: Subtle <laughs> or ambiguous? Terp, terp control. <laughs> dingus give us your number one favorite lie in a movie
1: all right here's some uh, dialogue from it yeah what is the Uh, lie
0: give us the lie (laughs) Uh, do you have
1: a hot tub in your room no why do you no no it's more like a it's not even really a hot tub you know really it's just it just has holes in it you don't have to protect my feelings it's okay if you've got a hot tub
0: oh well then i do it didn't sound like his Woody Allen, Caliwan, so I'm not sure what it is. It did sound like a little bit of it, so maybe it was an Owen Wilson. Uh, failure to launch?
1: I love that you think it sounds like a little bit of Woody Allen because it's an
0: Albert Brooks movie. Ah. Mm. Got to be modern Rome, defending your life. Uh, it
1: is defending your life. Emo.
0: Oh, good. Okay. It's not defending Nemo. It's
1: defending your life, um, 1991. Uh, and it's just a silly little lie. Um uh, I can't. I, I love this movie so much. And, I'm and called a
2: defending Nemo.
1: <laughs> defending your Nemo. Um, so, Daniel, played by Albert Brooks, and Julia, played by Meryl Streep, are in this afterlife staging area called Judgment City, uh, where they have to go before judges to review their lives and find out whether or not they get to move on to the next level of existence or they have to get bounced back to Earth. And it's very clear as they're going through this process that Julia, Meryl Streep's character, is far ahead in this process of life uh, moving onness than Daniel's character, Albert Brooks's character. And and her and she's got better accommodations. She's much more well regarded, and uh, she's much more confident. And the whole idea of defending your life is removing fear from your life because that's what they're judging. They're judging whether or not you lived your life with fear or not. If you if you didn't have fear, like in uh, Meryl Streep's case, they show clips of her running into her house to save her cat when the house is on fire. And they'll watch that again and again. And the judges are like, we didn't even need this. We just wanted to watch it again. And um, Albert Brooks' character is totally nervous and scared uh, because he lived his life scared. And he's nervous about a lot of things, about eating too much in these all-you-can-eat restaurants and all that kind of thing um, and Julia is really sensitive to this she's very sweet um, I love this Meryl Streep I, I, I'm nuts about everything Meryl Streep does but I'm nuts about this performance um, and she's really sensitive about him and and her place that she's staying in Judgment City is much better and she just asks him so do you have a hot tub in your place and, and Brooks says no and she says oh well I don't either It's just this really silly little lie, but like the first lie I mentioned, it's just this little lie about this – she's kind of falling for him, and she doesn't want him to feel bad, so she's protecting his feelings. So it's this little lie that protects his feelings, and he's like, don't protect my feelings. He's like, all right. Yeah, I have a hot tub. (laughs) That's it.
0: Who directed that?
1: That is directed by Albert Brooks.
0: Oh. Is Rip Torn still alive? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. He, What's the last thing he did? What has he been doing lately? Men in
1: Black He's in movie. that
0: movie. He's so funny. He's in Men in Black. 2. Oh, was he in Men in Black Three, Dingus? I have no idea. You saw it? What are you talking about? You have no idea.
1: I have no idea because that movie was so freaking long oh. and boring. <laughs> Good lord.
0: I hope he's still alive. All right, Kellywan, what is your number three? Or no, I'm sorry, your number one favorite lie in a movie? Maybe you could. uh Oh, I was going to say maybe you could give us line of dialogue, which probably can't.
2: Uh yeah i remember this one because i just saw the movie oh good what is it give
0: it to us i found something in the caves oh <laughs> my courage i think that was actually taken off the table as well so it was yeah because it's what i used to introduce the topic because uh, i liked that little moment that was the only worthwhile moment in that last awful hobbit movie that we saw is <laughs> mark freeman's it. little lie
1: See, uh, Tom definitely took that off the table. He definitely said it, and I hate that moment, because it's just a trailer moment.
2: No, because instead of being courageous, now he can turn invisible, so he doesn't need courage anymore. It's a cool It's a sitcom. It's
1: like Three's Company. It's like, I found something. What
3: is
0: it? Dingus. do you you admit, though, that it's better than the rest of the movie?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. There you go. All right. All right, you win. Well done, sir.
0: <laughs> Tell him I didn't think we'd see The Hobbit on many three-by-three lists. How about that?
2: He didn't find his courage.
0: All right, here's my number one then. <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you need to elaborate on that? Tell no, me. I okay. just want to
2: make <laughs> remind you of what what's happening at that point in the movie.
0: Uh, my number one favorite lie from a movie. Uh, and, yeah, I'm confident. I, I like having this in my number one spot better than Memento. Here's the lie. The lie is, this is a line of dialogue from the movie, I'm not Sean. Uh Alias. Oh, Tom. Do you really know? You only know Dingus because you saw me oh, watching God. it earlier tonight. No,
1: I, I didn't. I ex- I absolutely didn't, but this is painful. Ouch. All, right. all right. Damn, well, this is a, this okay, strike you win.
0: Fine. All right, well, there's a hugely powerful lie in, in the movie. The movie is called Birth. It's with Nicole Kidman, uh, oh, Cameron, Cameron Bright, Danny Houston. Uh, and the, the movie, the premise of the movie is what if um, a, a woman's, dead husband is reincarnated as a child and and then is aware that he was this woman's husband and he's still in love with her. Uh so it's kind of a spoiler, but birth, by the way, is another example of a movie that I don't feel is ambiguous. It's subtle. I, I think that the filmmaker gives you clues and he tells you exactly what is going on in the movie. And at one point, uh the the boy as the reincarnated husband, maybe or maybe not uh, decides to lie about it and it's a hugely important part of the movie i think that it's entirely possible because the movie is so subtle to watch the movie and not realize that he's lying um but i think it's the key to understanding what the director and the writer are getting at and and what the, the emotional heart of the movie is
1: that's that's a brilliant choice i love that choice i really love that choice damn it
0: see yeah. see kelly Wand? so put uh would kelly like, <sighs> like birth or is that that might not
1: no, he, he doesn't see movies that are based on verbs. <laughs> I like reincarnation, but not if people are
2: still in love with the same person that they were. But
0: they're life. not, that's the point. Uh, the, the, one of the cool things about the movie, and one of Part of the key to untangling the, the substance of it is its model of reincarnation. Is this kind of a it's it's a metaphysical model, if you will. You yeah. know, how does reincarnation work? Why don't people always remember stuff from their previous lives? What is special about this situation? There's a very definite uh, quote-unquote system at work in, in this movie. And once you untangle that and parse it, uh, the, the reality of it, I think, becomes very clear.
2: Um, I can uh-huh. see not remembering
0: any of this life next time. Well, we're going to make a movie about that, Kelly Wand. What do you think? Ew. Can I do do one runner-up before we go to the reader ones? Just because – yeah, you know what? I'll save this one. Maybe one of the readers. Is it the change-up? I've got a a couple of – yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is over the – and I didn't expect this. Over the course of the week – actually, we had two weeks for this one. Over the course of the two weeks thinking about this, it occurred to me how important lies are to dramatic tension. That's such a significant part of so many movies – um, so you know, let's go to the readers, and then we'll do our uh, runners-up. So Dave Perkins writes, uh, number three, the story that – well, here we go. The story that Teddy tells lo- – oh. all right, Dave Perkins, we're <laughs> going to sit down. I'm going to explain the movie memento-, memento to you at some point. Here's Hello. what Dave Perkins writes. He wrote. <laughs> I'm just he, so – I'm so flummoxed. It. Does he wrote it? <laughs> I'm so flummoxed that some people don't get Memento. Hello. Dave, Dave Perkins wrote – the story that Teddy tells Lenny at the end of Memento, or is that story a lie? Ah, oh, ambiguity. It, uh, yeah. it's All right. So anyway, Dave Perkins, uh, glad you picked that one, but uh, see Memento again. Tom, don't believe his email. <laughs> Dave Perkins, number two pick. In Blues Brothers, Jake's get, Jake gets out of prison and accuses Elwood of <laughs> lying to him about the band still being together. Elwood uh, says, uh, quote, I took the liberty of bullshitting you, okay? It wasn't a lie. It was bullshit, end quote. Michelle, my wife, says she saw the movie on TV, and they replaced the word bullshitting with bamboozling. Mm. (laughs) What? So it depends on if number three, the memento one, is an actual lie, and if number two is bullshit instead of a lie, it may be the case that our list is dumb so far. But Dave Perkins writes, here is our favorite example of a lie, and there's no doubt about it. Well, okay, Dingus, this is for you. In Midnight Run, the Duke pulls Jack out of the river only if Jack promises to let him go. They sit together on the rock for a few beats, and you have to wonder, will it really happen? Then, handcuffs. Yeah, good job, Dave. What about the movie? uh, Signed Dave and Michelle. So good job, Dave and Michelle. What, signing their names to the whole thing? Samuel Paulson writes to us, and he points out, by the way, that he is from Sweden. Hello, Samuel. Hey, Swedes! That's what I have to say to him. I thought it was Swedes. Uh oh oh gosh, geez. Wow, <laughs> Samuel, okay, here's Samuel's number three. I just saw Royal Tenon Bombs and thought, Oh yeah, it's my pick from Royal Tenenbaums, but it's not. Samuel highlights this lie from Royal Tenon Bombs. I'm going to kill myself tomorrow.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Alright. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. All right. Samuel. Right out of the gate, Can you just right? Stop recording
0: right now. No kidding. Just punch us in the gut, why don't you, Samuel? Go Jeez a Pete and listen to sad music That's so that awesome bit it's a—it's an Elliot Smith song playing during that and I, I have uh, did I read this somewhere or did Wes Anderson say it it's a, it's a reference to I, it never occurred to me just because of how powerful that moment it is Luke Wilson says I'm going to kill myself tomorrow and then he proceeds to try to commit suicide there that moment it never occurred to me to think wait a minute He's doing it now. Why would he say he's going to do it tomorrow? But that is apparently a quote from some French New Wave movie that that I've never seen that Wes Anderson felt strongly enough about to just put in there even though <laughs> the chronology wasn't correct. But, oh, God, what a powerful moment. Is I mean, the
2: character referencing the
0: movie? I, I think Wes Anderson just likes certain French New Wave cinema, and he just wanted to use the specific line. Um, uh, and I, You could watch the movie and think that Ritchie Tenenbaum – is doing it is just it's he's just sort of declaring how despairing he is and he just decides you know what fuck it i'm gonna do it now i mean i guess that's kind of what you parse as you're actually watching it um Mm. Uh, anyway so samuel's number two uh samuel screwed up his numbering so anyway this is definitely his number two uh the great character flaw of brad pitt's character in tree of life is his belief that strength will protect you from harm sort of like the companions of Job who held that piety would do the same in the Old Testament. Uh, The strongest expression of this is when he has Hunter McCracken practice punching him. I was hoping to make a list of lies told in self-delusion, but could only think of this example. Okay, sort of a broader character-based lie, I guess you might call it. Uh, And then Samuel's number one, is instead labeled his number three, so I'm a little confused. Uh, this is technically a lie. It is accompanied <laughs> by a non fake physical gesture, and the lie is these aren't the droids you're looking for. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Wait a oh, minute. That,
1: that's, a, that's a total lie. That's awesome.
0: Because yeah. that, you see, you guys, those are the droids they're looking for. See? See? Right, it's see. not a
2: lie if you gesture.
0: <laughs> I have two from
2: Star Wars. I'm champing at the bit. It's like crossing your fingers.
0: Alright, uh, Rob, Rob Favre writes, great topic, don't know if it's been mentioned, but I want to cover three lies that all happen in one scene from one of my favorite movies. A quote. For the sake, for your sake, she pretended it wasn't and I let her pretend. End quote. Wow. Guess neither of you guys will get this one. Yeah? Any guesses? No? Is that him writing that or you? (laughs) That's me saying it and I'm sure Rob is thinking it. Okay. I feel like Rob is sending this out to me specifically.
2: You sounded like Rumpelstiltskin for a minute, so I thought maybe you were doing a bit.
0: Rob points out, quote, this is, of course, at the end of Casablanca. Rick lies to Victor about what happened the night before. Ilsa lies to Victor also by not correcting what Rick had said. And Victor lies to them both, maybe a little to himself, by pretending he doesn't know what really happened. All three characters know that Ilsa still has feelings for Rick, and all three characters agree to construct a fiction that will let them take what they know is the right course of action. Rob, that's way too good for the, the level we normally operate on on this podcast.
2: Was Humphrey Bogart lying when he said, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship?
0: Well, oh, you'll have to see the sequel for that, won't you, Kelly Wand?
1: Oh, it's going to take weeks. Paul Weiber Was, Weimer, was yes. Kellen Lutz lying when he said, this is the beginning
0: of a beautiful legend? We can only hope. Randy Harlan was. Paul Weimer writes – first, he points out that none of these picks are true lies. Hmm. Number three.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but they were all bad.
0: (laughs) Number three, at the end of Free Jack, Vach (laughs) lies about Alex's correct recitation of Anthony Hopkins' identification number so that everyone thinks the mind transplant that might or might not have happened has really taken place. All right, we need to do an intervention here. Anyone
2: knowing the plot, Free Jack, that perfectly. <laughs> any reason? Even while you're watching the movie, big, big red flag.
0: Uh, I love also. I think Paul Weimer is going to um, is going to uh, intercept or dread of Mick Jagger. Sorry, <laughs> he's going to preempt one of Dingus' picks with this one. Quote: "Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father." End quote. Well,
1: it's not a lie because. <laughs> That's not what he says. He doesn't say, yeah, it's a lie
0: quote. Obi-Wan Kenobi from Star Wars, and Paul writes, yes, really. It's not true from a certain point of view. It's a uh. whopper of a lie, which raises the question of whether a lie counts if it's not a lie within the context of its original movie. Dingus, so was that one of your uh, other ones from Star Wars?
1: It, what I told you was true
0: from a certain point of view. Hmm. All right. Uh, I'm the only one who's seen this movie. Paul Weimer picks Um, In Easy A, are you guys there? Yeah. We lost Kelly Wand. Well, Kelly Wand's not here. Kelly Wand, we'll catch you up on this one later. In Easy A, Emma Stone's initial lie about having a date so that she doesn't have to go to a nudist colony with her friend and her friend's parents. As a result of the lie being misunderstood, she is soon branded as being easy, propelling the character and the plot arc of the movie. Uh, Good point. (laughs) Jeff Sweet, uh Oh, interesting. Uh, Jeff Sweets, number three, quote, Well, apparently they must have kept it a secret. If I get to Kansas City soon, I'll ask someone about it, end quote. And it's from the assassination of Jesse James. Jeff writes, Mm -hmm. Okay, I know Tom took what was probably a better lie from this film off the table, but I really love the way this scene plays out between the Ford brothers and Jesse James as he realizes they've been lying and they clearly know he knows. Casey Affleck looks like he's about to break into tears, and the lie is so half-hearted and pathetic that I find it really moving. It's off the table, Jeff. Sorry. So Jeff only said two. Uh, his two pick is the, – the lie is I'll do my utmost. And this is from Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. George Smiley is asked to look after a woman that he already knows is dead. It's a quiet moment but heartbreaking. In a movie full of small gestures, the way Gary Oldman pauses and swallows before speaking is my favorite. Kelly Wanda, remember when Dingus didn't like that movie? He
2: said, "What am I missing?" His exact words. And the artist was the other one. <laughs> uh, but well, you know,
0: here is they to do. Yeah, who can say? Here is another lie from Jeff Sweet. I knew an old sailor once. They told me he went overboard, tangled in the sails. They pulled him out, but it took him five minutes to cough. He said it was like going home.
2: Um, things, Can't stop the music.
0: Dingus might be able to get this. Dingus, does it ring any bells? Yeah, of course. As, it, as in, you think you know it, or as in you know it? No, I, I. Of course, I know this. It's, it's an.
1: I mean, it's a heartbreaking quote. It's, it's the prestige.
0: Okay, I didn't know if we should call you. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's. Isn't it Michael Caine who says it? It's just a terrible quote. It's yeah. Well, Jeff Sweet writes, I absolutely love the payoff for this line and the horrific implications it has for one of the main characters as the film reveals its twists at the end.
1: Um, oh, God, I hate that quote so much. It, I mean, it's a great quote. It's just it's just so terrifying. It's,
0: it's a terrifying quote. <laughs> so Jeff then writes another one. Let's see. What is he doing here? Uh he writes, Damn damn, 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 so I stopped my Blu ray of assassinated Jesse James just a few moments too soon and missed out on an incredible moment I have overlooked before. Quote, Oh Bob, have you done this? End quote. I swear to God I didn't. It's right after the tit oh Jesus, right after the titular killing. Jesse's wife comes into the room and finds her husband dead and Casey Affleck is still holding his gun out. He doesn't even pretend to to believe his lie. Uh who uh. plays the wife? It's not Elizabeth Perkins, um gummit It's that adorable actress who uh Help me out here. Who's the Who's the girl from Weeds?
2: Oh, Maria Louise Parker?
0: Yeah. Isn't she Jesse James' wife in the movie where she comes running out, and she says, oh, God, Bob, have you done this? And there's Casey Affleck, and he says, I swear to God, I didn't. And it just makes no sense that he would right. lie. It's right. insane. Uh, all right, She's yeah. in that movie? That makes me want to see it. Uh, Zoe Deschanel's in that movie. Kelly Wand, everybody's in that movie. That's a good yeah. point. Ted like, Levine, Ted Levine, Kelly Wand from Banshee uh, chapter is in. Dingus didn't even remember this. I didn't even said,
2: remember this. Yeah. He's
0: in Assassination of Jesse James. Is he a great big fat person? I'm sure he loves it when people associate that with it, with him fives. Robert Armitage writes, Flight of the Phoenix. The German, Heinrich, represents himself as a designer of aircraft. His lie is one of omission, as the rest of the group would surely have been interested to know the scale of his work. Can anyone shed light on that for us? I get
2: movies with flight in the title always mixed up, without, with or without Denzel Washington. Flight of the Navigator.
0: Uh, yeah, don't know. Uh, Robert Armitage's picks uh, continue Continuing. with I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. It's the name of a movie. Not the oh. Line. Oh. Uh, Park Il Sung designs, builds, and installs a nice to energy, a rice to energy converter so that young goon will not run out of energy and die. It's all a dirty lie, but very sweet. Okay. Uh, fast times on Ridgemont High. The quote is people on lewds shouldn't drive. That's a lie? Charles Jefferson's little brother can't tell him that he's just busted Uh, up his 1979 Chevy Camaro because Charles will either either shit or kill him, maybe both. So he pins it on the rival school Lincoln High. Charles gets to show how angry he is when they later play Lincoln.
2: It's not a verbal lie, though.
0: Good point. (laughs) Don't patronize me, Chick. David Henderson writes, uh, my number three pick is from... Oh, well, here we go. Bringing the room down. My number three pick is from Life is Beautiful. I found Roberto Benini's lies to his son incredibly memorable. It was amazing how he told his son that the Nazi death camps were all a game and that the son could win. Ouch. Mm. Kelly Juan, this one's for you. You ready? He doesn't say as much, but I know that David Henderson is, is thinking of you for this one. Here we go, Kelly Juan. My number two pick is from the end of Master and Commander. Ah. Russell Crowe's crew takes over a ship, and the captain of the ship pretends to be the ship's doctor. While Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany are playing music, Paul Bettany tells Crowe that the doctor had died three months earlier. The movie ends with Crowe's order to return to battle stations and chase the French ship.
2: I'm on the 14th one, Nutmeg of Consolation, and that hasn't happened yet.
0: Kelly Wan, do you feel that the ending of Master and Commander was subtle or ambiguous? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> David Henderson. Oh, I don't know what he's going to pick, but I like this already, seeing the title. Uh, oh, David Henderson writes, my number one pick is from Children of Men. Hmm. Clive Owen leaves Michael Caine's house to escape. The Geoforce group shows up and asks about Owen's whereabouts. Michael Kane lies, but – oh, God, I hate remembering it's this guy – but – Charlie Hunnam soon reveals the truth. <laughs> Kane's only choice is to stall for time, and he irreverently asks Igeophore to pull his finger. Ejiofor subsequently shoots Kane multiple times. I like the scene because the camera is drawn back. We see it from Clive Owen's perspective, watching from a hilltop. We can sense Owen's powerlessness in the situation and understand that he's losing perhaps his only good friend.
2: Doesn't Kane throw the finger at the guy, too, and go, fuck you? Like that, in a subdued voice.
0: That uh, maybe. Let's uh, let's go to the tape. <laughs>
2: and no, it doesn't. Okay, sorry for that. Please continue. Uh,
0: Aust- Austin Arlett writes to us, uh, Dingus. You've been preempted twice here. Writes to us, quote, "He betrayed and murdered your father." End quote from Star Wars. And Austin then adds the editorial comment, "Pretty sneaky, Obi Wan. They make pills for preemption." Austin Arlett's number two pick, The Iron iron Giant. Dean and Hogarth pass off The Giant as a work of art when the military comes looking. And Austin writes, I love this one, not just because it's a clever way to hide a giant robot, but also because it's a comeuppance for the prying Kent Mansley character.
2: Is he really made of iron, or is that a lie, too?
1: You've been preempted for four hours.
0: Uh, Austin (laughs) Arlett's number one pick is Memento, Leonard Lies to Himself. Ah, ambiguous. Uh, Nick D writes House of Games, a David Mamet movie about a con. Ah, good. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah. David good- Mamet movie about a con is going to have lies in it. I think what I love most about the big lie at the center of this movie is Lindsay Krause's emotional breakdown when she learns the truth. Number two, Fargo. William H Macy is at his nervous, stammering best when he's trying to cover up a lie in front of the police. I love how he keeps a smile plastered on his face with fear in his eyes. He's trying to cooperate here, so. here we go, Dingus, once again. A little comeuppance for Dingus. Uh, Nick D's number one pick, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, the moment when Gary Oldman tells Ricky Tarr he'll, quote, do his utmost, end quote, to save Irina, the woman he already knows is dead. I love how Gary Oldman lets us know he's lying with the subtlest of facial expressions. Well, he does do
2: his utmost. Up which is nothing, because she's already dead,
0: so it's not a lie. Okay, so runners-up, uh, what do you guys got?
1: No, you, you had one that you were most excited about uh, giving us, so
0: you go okay. first. Okay, uh, let, me, let me give you – I was just thinking as, as we were talking, just uh, – I mean, this movie is full of lies because it's a movie about deception, but uh, this is a, a famous bit of dialogue from it. Tell me five things about yourself, four of them true. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, come on. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh that that's from breach that's the bit with uh ryan felipe and chris cooper uh, and the whole thing by the way let me read the whole thing tell me five things about yourself four of them true i'm sorry it's a game we used to play at the sub analytical unit keeps ourselves sharp it's lie detection oh um i don't think i'd be much good at bluffing that would be counted as your lie right there <laughs> <laughs> that's great, that's great. Uh, runners up from you guys what do you got In Honey, I Shrunk the Kids,
2: he initially doesn't announce that he shrunk them.
0: The lie is that he later blows the kids up and makes them giant, right, Kelly Wand? Yeah, he comes clean on that one, though. So we all saw a single shot the Sam Rockwell movie. Uh, there's a great moment where he's in his trailer after things are starting to go south, and he's a little paranoid that someone's after him. Uh, some there's been a killing, and uh, so he he thinks that they're watching him. That they're going to come get him, and he's got his gun out just in case. He's sleeping with it, and here's a knocking at the door, and he runs to the door with the gun, and it's his it's his wife there, uh, his with, from whom he's separated. And he's like, oh, because he he didn't expect it was her. And she sees he's got the gun. He's like, where do you have a gun? And he says that it's this great – Sam Rockwell can only do it this way. It's this great, just really stupid, I'm terrible at lying moment. He's holding the gun and he says, I was bird hunting. (laughs) 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 And she even calls – she says, in your trailer? (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: so great. Uh,
3: Uh,
1: I've I've got a graduated series of four runner-up lies.
3: Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: Uh, the 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 lowest level lie is from Fargo, and that's uh, when the guy in the office is saying is calling him a liar because he's talked about the clear coat that's sprayed on the bottom of the car. <laughs> 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 and that's my favorite little salesman lie. It's like I the truth They do that at the factory. I, I have no. <laughs> I love that. So the, ne- the next level of runner-up is in The Incredibles when Mr. Incredible tells his wife that he still has his job and he's running off to conventions when he's really running off to prepare for being Mr. Incredible. Um, number three, and this is one of my very favorite lies, and, and, I, and I knew Tom wouldn't accept this because it's from a play, um, and it's Goody Proctor's Lie in The Crucible. Uh, where she and I love this lie so much it's one of my favorite lies in all of in all of literature it's when she lies and she's not somebody who would ever lie in a million years and and she lies to say that her husband would not have committed adultery and and he's hoping that she will tell the truth And it's just such a beautiful lie I love the crucible lie
0: what's the other uh, one that you were going to pick from a play it's also a movie um,
1: jeez, I don't know.
0: You ever, no, but, uh, what'd you get? We, we talked about it, uh, Glengarry Gary, Glenn Ross. Where, oh, that's right, yeah. uh, Where Al Pacino is trying to finesse Jonathan Price long enough to, uh, so that he doesn't cancel his check. And he's like, you know what, just give it another day. And Jonathan Price is like, well, we, did you send my check in? And Al Pacino's like, no, no, it's it's fine. It's waiting here. Let's go have drinks. Let's talk about it. And Kevin Spacey comes in and blows the line. He's like, your name's Mr. So-and-so? Yeah, your check, it went in today. It's fine. <laughs> We just sent it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a great, that is a great one. other one. <laughs> I I just remember seeing the Crucible in college, uh, and and uh, the girl, the woman who played Elizabeth Proctor was just awesome, and I just love that. I just love that lie so much. So so my my final uh, runner-up lie is uh, is is uh, from the Avengers, and that's freedom is life's great lie.
0: Wait, that's a Loki line, and we're not supposed to. You're- no that but that are you endorsing that line, Dingus? I am. <laughs> kneel before me. Both of you. Dingus, the last time a man in Germany asked people to kneel, it didn't work out so well, did it? That's fine. Callum, which one of us just now did a better Captain America, me or Dingus? Oh, I thought you were doing Hiller. <laughs> Uh, I love – and it's such a – because her movies are kind of in a way like French farce in Lynn Shelton's Your Sister's Sister. I love – Oh, good one. I I love Jay Duplass. Is it Jay or Mark? It's Mark Duplass. Mark. Mark, I love Mark Duplass having to lie about having been out jogging uh, (laughs) and how Emily Blunt (laughs) – and he's trying to tell because he doesn't want her to know that they were sleeping together, and so he has to pretend he's been out jogging. And uh, <laughs> he also lies about spying on her. Think, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yes, he uh, lies. He's terrible. a terrible. I love terrible liars. It's uh, awesome. That's so great. <laughs> uh, here's a terrible liar. Um, and I, God, I can't get enough of this movie. I started watching it today and realized I'm going to watch this whole two-hour thing if I'm not careful. Um, when, when Barry Egan is, uh, keeps being hounded by his sisters in the beginning of Punch Drunk Love to come to the party tonight. And then finally Mary Jen Raskub uh, comes to his place of work and she literally corners him. And she says, look, there's a friend of mine I want to bring to work. I want you to meet her. And he's really nervous about doing it. He doesn't want to do it. And he finally says, well, you know, I, I may not even be coming tonight anyway because I have to renew my gym membership. <laughs> That's his lie for not being able to go to a party that night. And there Does that would, work? Well, would, No, she doesn't believe him for a second. And, what's, wow. and, and I love, oh, my God, the swirl of activity with the seven sisters when he gets there. Is so – that's just amazing. And she finally – at the party, He's the, she's the last sister that he gets to. And she says, uh, did you get your gym membership renewed? She's definitely needling him. That's so great. Uh, I Wait, love – Yeah. Yes, ahead, no, I love listening to A.J. Bowen try to lie to Sharni Vinson in Your Next. Oh, uh,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> I love watching him trying to get out of that situation. There's a lot of lies in that movie that are good. Yeah. Uh, I know you guys aren't on board with this, but uh, Tom Cruise lying to Olga Kurylenko about why he's putting her in a little cryo-sleep chamber at the end of Oblivion. That's a lie that's, to that's you. A good one. I like that.
2: That's
0: yeah. good. Mm. Uh, it's a lie to me, Kelly Wan, because I saw the end of the movie and I know how it really turned out. He didn't lie to the computer. Uh, Thomas Blackburn <laughs> lying to Anne about giving her DMT in a movie called Banshee Chapter that we all saw. Or did he? He did not. He did not. I mean, that's kind of the point of the movie is that it uh, – well, I don't want to spoil anything, but he, he definitely did not. Hmm. Um, it's interesting that you just said – sorry.
1: You just what? said that in Bolivian, he didn't lie to the computer because so that's kind of the – He didn't. That's the point, yeah. Right, yeah. Although you'd think the computer, if
2: it was really advanced, would go, wait a minute, you're acting like you're lying, even though the words
0: check out. That's why the computer yeah. calls him out. Is she says, you know, you, you're, I'm detecting that that you're nervous, that you're anxious. Exactly, 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 exactly. And he, he tells but the I'm truth. not going <laughs> to act on it. Yeah, that's why it's a
1: great lie.
2: Uh, I had a runner-up. Yes, Kelly. What? The movie Career Opportunities. Frank Whaley's the town liar, and then he convinces the robbers of the Kmart. Where he and Jennifer
0: oh were. Kelly Wan, it's not a Kmart it's a target oh, Jesus oh my god what a boner
2: well they both have a, exactly that was Connolly's <laughs> <laughs> that horse when she's on the rocking
3: horse I know what you're
2: saying Tom it's a good point but <laughs> I was talking more about the lies for this part <laughs> not Jennifer Connelly. <kinda> lie
0: <laughs> I think I was done though uh, how about the how about the entirety of the usual suspects? Well, not the last part. Okay. Uh, Only Dingus has seen this, but I love it's it's kind of lying. But uh, part of the 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 dramatic <laughs> tension in the the movie A Hijacking is over the negotiations with the hijackers. Is this idea of of not telling them what the real situation is, but this lie and counter lie and bluffing and putting down an offer and saying I can't do this and I can't do that and I'm not allowed to do this. And uh, what it what the main character the character who plays the CEO of the shipping company what he has to go through with this idea of lying to these hijackers as a as a form of negotiations uh, that sort of stood out for me as well.
2: Is it Godfather two or three where um, <sighs> Diane Keaton goes? Did you kill Fredo and Michael's all?
3: No. <laughs>
2: I like that. It like would the, have to be three. <laughs>
0: And I, I really like your, your recreation of that scene, Kelly Wand. That was well done.
2: Um, John Cazale, I got his – did pretty good for him.
1: This has been Kelly Wand
3: Recreation.
0: All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So is that it for runners-up? Are we ready to know what next week's 3x3 is, courtesy of Tingus. Are we? Tingus, what do you got for us? Give us a 3x3. All right,
1: this is going to be far more simple. And uh, it, it, it was – uh, Meow. Yeah. Mm. Tough tough talk.
0: It's just simple.
1: Uh, Nick D. reminded me of it uh, when he brought up uh, David Mamet.
0: Wait a minute. You just now invented this 3x3?
1: No, no. I had come up with it before because I was looking for a lie.
0: Serendipitous callback.
1: I was watching a couple of Mamet movies because they're rife with lies. Uh, And so this one comes from a Mamet movie. I'm not going to give it away because I love this moment too much, but this is um, your favorite uses of books in a movie.
0: Hmm. We've done that one before. Nope, we've done poems, and they're like books but, but smaller. This is actual yeah. use of books. This is for the
2: binding that the poems are organized with. Exactly right.
0: Yeah.
1: This is the physical book. Use of a book, and the I don't mean John. Book. I don't mean John Book from Witness. I don't mean a character named book. I mean an actual bound
0: book in a movie. Who's named John Book and Witness? That's Harrison Ford? Uh,
1: no. Uh, actually, Dwayne Johnson played that. He was one of the Amish guys raising a barn.
0: That's was one, he named I after? Think that, I think that's one case where you could say that Harrison Ford, you could look at that movie and think, this guy's a good actor. and Rather than, man, this guy's a heck of a celebrity. I'd like to have a beer and hang out with him. That's what you normally think when you watch Harrison Ford, but when you watch Witness, you might think, wow, he's a good actor. So, Dingus, I'll give you that one.
2: Wow, he does seem Amish.
0: <laughs> he's not. Kelly, <I> thought- <laughs> what, have you seen Witness? That's not the point. He goes uh, undercover.
2: He's not really Amish. I know he beats the bad guys by pouring grain on them and going,
0: all right, now, let's settle down. Oh, and I'm going to use it. that, best death by corn or grain. That's, that's a great three-by-three. Three. Those are yeah. two
1: different topics. I, I also just thought of a lie that didn't happen that could have been a lie.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm and intrigued. That's, and that's in Constantine when she asks if she has to take her clothes off.
0: <laughs> that's not a lie. That's a question. What no,
1: but, but he's Liz. I'm thinking.
0: Oh, right. He could have just said, oh, yeah, yeah, you definitely got Yeah, you got to do all that. Right, wait, there's yep. a, I, yeah, all your clothes, and we need you to sort of run around a little bit naked for a while, and then we're going to put you in the tub. That's <laughs>
2: I hope Uh, in episode seven they go, by the way, Vader wasn't your father. That was all
0: bullshit (laughs) from a certain point of view. Speaking (laughs) of characters whose fathers died in movies, let's see the next Chris Pine movie, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. What do you think of that? So it's This Means War without Tom Hardy or jokes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it'll be funny. I I don't really know what to make of it. Dingus is our resident Tom Clancy character expert. Uh, Dingus, do you need to tell us anything to prepare us for this movie?
1: Yeah, if you guys don't see Hunt for October, I'll be so mad.
0: Wait, what is that? What
2: you guys? Two of I've you. I've seen it. I've already seen it. I got to see it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why do we How have to I gotta fucking see it again? Because it's awesome. It's a good point.
0: This, right, by on. the way, I'm presuming because Chris Pine is younger than Alec Baldwin is a prequel, right?
2: Uh, who knows? Who can tell? Remember when who he can all goes? Oh, I should be careful what I'm shooting at. <laughs> Is that going to be Chris Pine's approach too? <laughs> Is that how he said that? Like, I should be careful, what I'm shooting at. That was if John Cazale had played him. <laughs> well, so there you go.
0: So
1: after, uh, after he drops his gun,
0: see uh, Jack Ryan uh, Shadow Recruit next week. Join us for that podcast. And if you have any picks for your favorite uses of a book in a, mo- a books or book for a books in a movie. Does yeah. Tom Clancy's it, works count as literature? Yeah, but not books. I mean, yeah, they they count as books, but not literature, is what I meant to say. Same with Stephen King. A
1: physical book. So so don't do a bunch of adaptations. I'm not talking about adaptations. I'm talking about like a physical book that you see in a movie.
0: I got that. All right.
1: Yeah, but what if if, uh, Kelly Wand going crazy?
0: Yeah, Kelly Wand, don't go crazy. It's just a book. That's not my role. A simple book, Kelly Wand, like in Poltergeist when the thing flies up and it's flapping like a bird, you know, that would be one you could use. You can write that down. Stupid wand. Yeah. Uh so if you have some picks for uses of books and movies, send them to three by three at quarter to three dot com. That's, that's the, in no- Army of Darkness. That's the no- uh it's also in poltergeist, isn't it? Maybe I am confusing Army of Darkness and Poltergeist. Man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Wait, what book is in poltergeist? So there's the moment in Poltergeist where the, the people from the university show up and they're like, Well, we can help you with this and and that's there's they're sitting at the table and they're talking to Joe Beth Williams and she's saying, eh, crazy stuff's happening. That's and, insane. and they said, and they say, well, maybe you could, and they see something moves and the lights flicker. And Joe Beth Williams says, oh, that's nothing. You should see you upstairs. And they're like, okay, well, why don't you show us? So they go upstairs and they open the door and there's all this stuff flying around in the room and a little toy. And I remember too, cause it's like a, a Barbie pony with a, I think it's a, a Mr. Stretch, whatever you call that plastic toy Stretch Armstrong Church Armstrong it's riding on the pony and it comes up uh, and it, it it whinnies at the woman and then there's a, a compass you know which has a pencil on one end and a pointy end on the other end I think that's called a compass and it's playing a record and I think a book comes up and it flaps like a crazy bat but Kelly Wan you might be right maybe I'm confusing that with Army of Darkness my bad that's a good dead isn't it well I feel like you know what let's talk about that next week when we do our wow. 3x3 on use of books yeah uh, so join us for that. Send your picks to 3x3 at dot 3com See Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Uh, and join us next week when we talk about it. I am Tom Chick, and I've been here with Christian Malinskisi. It's Christian Morosky Kelly Wand.
2: Harrison Ford's the only true Hercules.
1: Um. <laughs> ah...
3: I just watched
1: a movie where Stretch Armstrong was used as some sort of currency in a movie.
0: Uh, it would, was it Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Dingus? Was it the oh, male <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> right. Dingus is so drawn to, to recall it. fondly the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> and maybe it <laughs> wasn't a Stretch Were Armstrong. Were you trolling me when you even brought that up? Well, I don't think it was a Stretch Armstrong and Poltergeist. I think it was like a He-Man or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I too think it's because of that movie had Stretch Armstrong on the brain. Fair enough. <laughs> and compasses.
2: Did you have Stretch Monster?
0: The no, green? that sounds way better than a Stretch Armstrong. What is that?
2: Uh, he was full of syrup too, but he was green. In <sighs> but I made up my own.
0: <laughs> how, did you, how did you do that? Yeah.
2: <laughs> fell asleep and drank <laughs> some of the syrup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping it was stirrup. And some believe it's just a bird. That's his hackman.